Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm reading from Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland, Chapter 5, Part 2, Up the Jungfrau. Today we go up the Jungfrau, exclaimed Ren in delight. She leapt out of bed dressed and went down with the family for a yummy hotel breakfast. She was rather distracted thinking about the day ahead, so she started in surprise when she suddenly became aware of Jake and Rome grinning mischievously at her. What? she asked. Nothing, said Rome, his grin widening innocently. Wren turned her attention back to her toast and stuck her fork into it. To her horror, the end of the fork stayed stuck in the toast on her plate as she lifted the handle to her mouth. Rome and Jake burst into hysterical laughter, holding their tummies and writhing in their chairs. The expression on Wren's face made them laugh even harder. Wren soon recovered from the fear that she'd broken the hotel's fork and realizing that the boys were up to mischief, demanded, What did you do? Jake stopped laughing and looked at her with fake innocence while Rome hid his face with his hand as he tried to stop his snorts of laughter. Wren held her glass of water high above his head, ready to pour, and looked him in the eye. Tell, she commanded. Okay, okay, Rome conceded. It's a trick fork. I bought it yesterday in that gift shop in Geneva. The end comes off. He pulled the prongs out of her toast and demonstrated. He joined the two parts and separated them again. Wren put her water glass down on the table and flicked a bit out of the glass at Rome. And you too, she sprayed some at Jake who ducked down in his chair. Manners please, you guys. This is a restaurant, reprimanded Mom under her breath. Please behave like ladies and gentlemen. Rome put the trick fork in his pocket, retrieved Wren's fork from under his napkin and gave it back to her. Then he attacked his eggs with gusto, delighted to have successfully carried out his plan. Dad and the boys went to collect the luggage and Tiffany's stroller from their hotel room, while the girls took a last look around to make sure they'd not forgotten anything. After making sure they all had warm hats, scarves and gloves at hand, the Gray family headed for the train station. They would travel from Geneva to Interlaken, Lauterbrunnen and then up the Jungfrau. Dad told them, we are going through the beautiful Lauterbrunnen Valley with its waterfall, then up into the mountains and onto the top of the Jungfrau to the highest train station in the whole of Europe. The whole of Europe? That must be high, exclaimed Rome. Look at this map of Switzerland. Dad pointed to the map he'd unfolded. If you draw a line from Lausanne here near Lake Geneva to Thun through Lucerne and then all the way back to Lake Constance at the top near Germany, everything below that line would be mountains. The top half of Switzerland is flatter and the lower half is all mountains. Where will we stay? asked Jake. Tonight we are going to sleep in the little village of Gimmelwald. It's a tiny village where people live pretty much the way they used to 100 years ago. You can only get to it by cable car. We'll store most of our bags in a locker at Lauterbrunnen train station for the day and collect them on our way back. That way we won't have to worry about them while we go up the Jungfrau today. The train from Interlaken was an ordinary Swiss train with the usual two seats on each side of the aisle, four seats in total. At Zweilucinen, the train slowed to a walking pace and the children heard a series of bangs and bumps coming from underneath it. This means that the rack is engaging, explained Dad. 
The rack and pinion are like a gear in the bottom of the train. It's like a middle rail with teeth that grips the train and pulls it up the mountain. The train lurched into motion again and they continued on. When they arrived in Lauterbrunnen, the family climbed off the train, went to drop off their luggage and then crossed the tracks to board a green and yellow train which was narrower and only had three seats across. Why has each row got only three seats? asked Jake. This train goes up a rather steep mountainside, said Dad. It's easier to build narrower tracks on the steep slope of a mountain. The train needs to be narrower then as well. This is a special kind of train called a cogwheel train that will be pulled up the mountain with the use of a gear mechanism underneath it. The train travelled through the valley and up the mountainside. I feel like I'm flying up here, said Libby. They could see down into the valley with its houses, church and steeple surrounded by majestic mountains. Little wooden chalets were nestled in the valley and dotted about on the slopes of the mountain. Wengen Station was next after Lauterbrunnen. The mountains surrounding the village of Wengen seemed to cradle it fondly between them with its wide meadows dotted with snow. They passed the waterfall which was still frozen and a clear mountain lake. Gradually the trees were left behind and more and more snow was visible. Rome glanced across at Wren and Libby sitting quietly together looking out of the window. Are you guys asleep over there? he teased. Libby looked at Rome for a moment with soft eyes and then turned back to the window. It's more beautiful than I've ever seen in my whole life, she exclaimed dreamily. Wren chuckled, you're such a romantic. Jake was sitting on the other side of the coach with Mom and Tiffany. He was trying to get Tiffany to look out the window, but she was far more interested in the bus tokens she had discovered in Mom's handbag. Look at that, exclaimed Rome, ice fields. There were pale green towers of ice scattered over the expanse in front of them. That must be a glacier, said Mum. It's unbelievable that a train can go up this high. Did you know that glaciers grow and shrink? Some years more mass is added to them, and other years they lose mass depending on the climate. People must have seen them change over many years from this railway. The brochure says they started building the railway in 1896 and that it took 16 years to build, said Rome, looking at the pamphlet they had received from the information centre at Lauterbrunnen. He handed it to Dad. It was very hard tunnelling through rock and they couldn't come and go in the winter, so they had to stay and have food and supplies brought up in the autumn, said Dad as he read from the brochure. They needed to make the tunnel curve inside the mountain so as not to be too steep. It took seven years to cut through the limestone for the beginning part of the tunnel. And then they got to the hard Agnese rock, which had to be tunneled through or cut away. It was an unbelievable feat of engineering. The station eventually opened in 1912. Here's something interesting, said Mom, looking over Dad's shoulder. Up at the top, your coffee or tea may not taste very good because it's an air pressure like up here. Water boils at 88 degrees Celsius or 190 Fahrenheit instead of 100 degrees Celsius, which is 212 Fahrenheit, the normal temperature for boiling. What would that do, said Libby? Well, replied Mom with a smile, the water wouldn't be as hot as usual when you put it into your tea or coffee, and therefore not as flavoured. The heat in the water helps to draw out the flavour of the tea from the tea leaves or the coffee grounds. Half an hour later, the train pulled into the station at Kleine Scheidegg, halfway up the Jungfrau Mountain. 
There are shops up here, said Wren in surprise, and restaurants too. And such a stunning view, said Mom, looking around them at the snow-capped peaks and white slopes. A man stood outside a shop with a St. Bernard dog sitting at his feet. The dog had a tiny casket of brandy tied round its neck, and people could pay to pose for a photograph with the dog. St. Bernard dogs have long been rescue dogs in the Swiss mountains, Dad told them as they stood admiring the beautiful fluffy animal. Mom and the girls went to look inside a clothes shop while the boys raced around in the snow. Just then a storm of snow enveloped Jake where he stood a little away from the others. It was the St. Bernard dog who had been set free for a romp in the snow and had been inspired by the boys' antics. The dog, which turned out to be called Luther, as his owner told Dad, seemed to want the boys to play with him. Rome raced after Luther with Jake following. They ran up a snowy slope and then down again with Luther barking excitedly. Dad called the boys back and introduced them to the dog's owner who had been chatting with him. After learning a bit about Luther's career as a rescue dog, they fetched Mom and the girls and headed back to the train. What do they eat for breakfast here? asked Jake impishly when they were all together again. Muesli, suggested Rome. No, Kleiner fried egg. Kleiner shied egg, get it? Jake was sure that his joke was very funny. Ha ha, said Wren, poking him in the ribs. They all settled down in the luxurious train seats and turned their faces to the window to take in the magnificent view as the train took them higher up the mountain. With a sense of awe, they travelled through the seven-kilometre-long tunnel inside the Eiger Mountain and then stopped at Eiger Wand, Eiger Wall. Here, all the passengers stepped off the train for a few minutes to look through the huge glass windows down at the intricate formations of sheer rock and snow on the Eiger. They continued on to Eismere on the south face of the Eiger. The train finally pulled into the cavern, hewn out of the rock at the top of the Jungfrau mountain. Everyone piled out of the train in anticipation of all they would see. They took an elevator to a platform where they could step outside into the snow. The beauty of the towering mountains was all around them, the views majestic and magnificent. The glaciers were fascinating. Clouds would sometimes drift overhead and then clear again a few minutes later. It was incredible to think that they were standing 4,000 meters above sea level. Many people feel weak and unwell at this high altitude, remarked Dad, because the air is very thin. We take in less oxygen up here. They traveled the last 100 meters up in an elevator to the Sphinx, the highest platform on the Jungfrau. There was a 360-degree view of the stunning mountainside all around. Even though everyone was well wrapped in scarves, woolly hats, gloves, jackets and boots, they could feel the biting cold through their clothes. Trying to ignore her freezing cold nose and cheeks, Wren slowly turned around in a full circle, looking at the snowy mountains all around her. She felt as though she was in an imaginary land. The view was so unusual that none of it seemed real. The temperature was below freezing, so it wasn't long before the family took refuge in the cozy self-service restaurant and gift shop. They sat down for a very welcome hot chocolate and lunch of cheese, sandwiches and chips. Now that's a nice ordinary lunch, sighed Wren contentedly. It sounds so good. 
Libby suddenly put her fork down and sat back in her chair. What's wrong? asked Mum. The boys took my fork, she replied. There's your fork in your hand, said Mum, surprised. No, it's the trick one that they used on Wren, said Libby. The end's going to fall off. Grinning, Jake returned Libby's fork to her and the boys gleefully returned to their lunch. Everyone dug in with gusto. It's funny how the cold makes you feel so hungry, observed Jake, and everyone agreed heartily. After lunch, Dad led the family over to the chairlift station to watch the skiers going up. They saw a red rescue helicopter perched on the hillside, ready to go in case of emergency. Many people were skiing and travelling in the chairlifts. Patterns made by skis showed clearly in the snow. The family wandered back to the main building and into the spectacular multimedia room with large screens all around on the walls where movies of the Alps were projected. Wren felt like she was soaring over the mountaintops like a bird as she watched the projection. They walked through tunnels which were decorated with colours and patterns, stars and glitter. Many light shows illuminated areas in radiant changing colours. They saw models of cable cars and chairlifts travelling up tiny mountains. They stepped onto a moving sidewalk to travel to the next room inside the mountain and studied a beautiful panoramic painting of the history of the Jungfrau on the wall as they travelled along. Next, they visited the ice palace. Dad led them down some metal steps towards the entrance. As they stepped through the door, they were transported into a world of ice. They walked down ice tunnels inside the glacier with floors and walls made entirely of ice. The handrail seemed rather inadequate to prevent slipping and everyone moved along very slowly. A low curved ceiling made of ice hung just above their heads. Beautiful detailed ice sculptures of bears, eagles and penguins were on display inside the caverns. I'm surprised it's not colder in here, remarked Wren. Yes, it is surprising, seeing as the ice is not melting, replied Mum. But I think when you are out of the wind, it's not as cold, and the ice acts as an insulator, like inside an igloo. Time to go, said Dad. They made their way back to the train, taking one last chance to enjoy the view. On the train, everyone was quiet and content, saturated with the joy of all that they had experienced. The children were ravenous, so Mum and Dad took them for a very early supper in the dining car. While they ate a typical Swiss meal of sausage and fried potato, they chatted about each of their favourite things from the day. This was really the heart of Switzerland, sighed Mum. It's unique and so beautiful. I think you'll say the same about Gimmelwald, smiled Dad. After about an hour's journey, they arrived at the Lauterbrunnen train station. Wren marveled at the beauty of the snow-covered roofs and quaint chalets backdropped by the snowy mountains. With Dad carrying a tired Tiffany, the family crossed the street, collected their luggage and boarded the yellow post bus to the Stechelberg Gondola, which would take them to their next destination, the quaint village of Gimmelwald. International Discovery Agents, this is your mission. Count how many clocks and watches are in your house. Look at the time on computers and cell phones. Do they all show the same time? Also, find out what the highest mountain in your country or state is. 
How many feet or meters above sea level is it? That's all for now. See you next time.